uh, attention to anyone who has not played Last of Us 2. This is going to talk about spoilers within the game, everything about the game from start to finish. So if you do not want to hear those, then play the game and come back to this podcast. But uh, if you have no problem with knowing that sort of stuff, go right ahead. Welcome, all you fine and lovely people, to an installment of a brand new Socratic Cinema series, Socratic Side Quests, a podcast where we go through games that we absolutely adore and love, whether they be story or just fun multiplayer games that we enjoy playing, and talk about them, you know, the, the, the finer points, the good details. And if there are some controversies, we will for sure dive into those. As always, I'm joined by my friend and co-host, James Delisio. Hi, thanks. Thanks for having me on, Charlie. Of course, it is my show, so, you know, sir would be an appropriate response or title for me. Your Highness. Yeah, thank you. That's good. Uh, and we also are kicking off this this new series with uh, a special guest, my own flesh and blood brother, Peter Delisio. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me. I'm uh, I'm excited. Yeah, yeah. It's going to be a whole lot of fun here. Oh, yeah. We're, uh, we're very happy to have you, Peter, because you were the one that played Last of Us uh, 2, which is indeed the topic of today's video. If you can't read uh, and didn't see the title, we are talking about Last of Us 2, a very controversial game to many, many people. Uh, Peter is the one that played it. James is the one that watched it. And I'm the one that did a little bit of both with uh, my father and my own personal playthrough. And we're excited to talk about it because there's uh, I think it's obvious that some people love the hell out of this game. A lot of people hate the hell out of this game. It has skewed opinions. It is it it has put people to two very drastically different sides of an argument. We're here to sort that out. See what's real. See what's not. Uh, and I think a, a good place to start with that is just our own personal opinions on the game, so you guys know where we stand. Uh, Peter, because you're our, our guest, and you know we we do like being cordial here. Would you be so kind as to share what you thought of the game uh, in your playthrough? Of course. Um... So I'll start out by saying the first Last of Us game is probably one of my favorites of all time. I'd say if I put Last of Us 1 at a 10 out of 10, for me, The Last of Us 2 is a 9 out of 10. Uh, I think Ooh. that a lot of the, the hate it's getting is pretty unwarranted, and it's pretty sad, honestly. So yeah, I loved it. Amazing. James? I All right, I kind of went on a journey with this game. Um, when when it first came out, I spoiled it for myself, and I read up and watched all sorts of stuff on it, and I hated it. I thought it was terrible. Like, coming off of loving the first one, I thought the second one was just going to be super doo-doo, and I was in the one-star camp for sure. But then we actually played it. Well, I didn't play it, but, you know, I, I watched it, and I got to see it, um, and I my opinion completely changed. I really, really enjoyed the game. And a lot of the stuff I thought I was going to hate turned out to be some of my, my favorite parts of the game, but we'll, we'll talk more about that. Um, but yeah, I, I think overall, I would give it at least like an 8 out of 10. Uh, it's, it's very, very well made, and uh, I don't have a whole lot of complaints. Interesting, interesting. Yeah, in my personal playthrough, I did it with my dad, who's an industry vet uh, of the games industry. He's worked at Disney, he's worked at Universal, uh, and he's helped build up a lot of big games so he knows what goes into these sorts of things but the funny thing is he's a horrible gamer uh he has never played a a, a twin stick controlled game ever i don't really? think it, well he, he probably has but definitely not something like a third person shooter right. uh so we spent a little bit of uh, extra time in some of the earlier parts uh laboring through the snow as he 
couldn't figure out how to shoot something straight. So some of my opinions may be skewed by that, but I think the game overall incredibly excels in a couple different areas, specifically graphics, animation, uh, storytelling, art, design. I think a lot of the controversy over some of the story stuff is unwarranted. I think they made interesting decisions uh, that are very bold and exciting. And I didn't play the first game, so that's also a, a point of contention that I'll get into uh, in some of our discussions. But I, th my only major gripe with the game is that I thought the gameplay was fairly boring in some areas, and it could have definitely used a better game loop to uh, get me more interested in, in the combat and the searching and things like that. So I, I think I would agree with James. I would give this game at least an 8 out of 10. I think... Right off the bat, Charlie, we have to talk about the fact that you haven't played Last of Us 1. Yeah, what, okay, sure, sure. What sure. is going on with that, man? Uh, yeah, so it's a stand on my record, for sure, you know. Uh, but I think that me not playing Last of Us 1 wasn't because I, I, I don't enjoy the game or, or don't have any interest in playing it. I love the hell out of Naughty Dog stuff, dude. I have played every single Uncharted. I love all of them. I think that uh, Uncharted 4, A Thief's End, is, like, my favorite story game, like, action-adventure style. Uh, so incredibly interesting, and I think Naughty Dog does a great job with their games. So really not playing Last of Us 1 was just, the timing was a bit off for, for me and my intro into games. Like, I was able to only really play through all the Uncharted stuff because they did the Nathan Drake collection. Right. But uh, there hasn't been a Last of Us collection yet, because there's only two games. I mean, so, there's a remaster of the first one. True. Uh, I'm just dumb and haven't played that yet. But Fair, yeah, I really, it, it gave me a super... I think unique perspective on this game because a lot of people are are angry about it because of the way that they treated the game's first characters, mm -hmm. uh, or or the first game's characters. Sorry, like Joel and and Ellie and the decisions that were made there. So I didn't actually really like have a huge emotional connection to Joel at the start, but even then, the way that they portrayed him throughout the entire game made me fall in love with him and realize why he's such a compelling character. Uh, it, it, it made the death that at the very beginning of the game, super impactful in retrospect to me. So, yeah. Although I didn't play the first game, I think I, I get the emotions and the general story enough to understand this one. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, P Peter and I kind of... We are super late to the whole console game train. We acquired a PS3 somehow really recently, and it came with Last of Us. So we just kind of played through it because it was one of the games we had. And it was... Uh, superb it was great and that the the experience we had with last of us one is kind of what prompted us to get a ps4 just so we could play last of us two really um it was it was excellent though i i backseated last of us one as well i wasn't actually playing i'm not i'm not good enough with the controller for that these aren't these are not easy games man uh, peter will tell no. you no not at all i'm a pc gamer through and through and i, I had some issues with the controller at first <laughs> I have a lot, there's a lot of fun times where we, we we played a lot of the sequences over and over and over, but we made it through. So all finally, well. my console experiences have have come out on top. I know. Yeah, well, it. I think that's an interesting point uh, that we'll dive into later is just how well I think the game teaches through failure. I think it does a very good job at allowing people to see tactically what they're meant to do in each difficult combat encounter. But what I want to touch on first, because uh, I, I think I'm done beating around the bush, are the controversies. Obviously, this game is is talked about most for them, and I think we better weigh in on it ourselves. The main issues with this game, or not issues, but controversies, have to do with the story. I think that's fair to say. Uh, yeah. And, yes. and the main controversies, uh, the, the main controversies, there's three of them, right? Joel dies in the beginning. 
Number two, you play as Abby, so villain switch halfway through. And then number three, at the very end, you don't end up killing Abby. Mm-hmm. So so let's tackle those one at a time. What do you guys think about Joel dying? Because I'm interested to hear your guys' opinion on this because you played the first game. So so what do you think of like that amazing character for you guys, your player character in the first game, just like you barely get to play him as him in the start and he's gone? So I definitely... Joel is one of my favorite characters, as many people in this community. But I think that Joel's death was very sad, and it was definitely hard to watch. But I don't think that it was poor writing in any way. So people are angry because Joel didn't have a very heroic death. Uh, He didn't go out guns blazing or anything like that. Uh, He was shot from behind and then killed with a golf club, very disrespectfully. Um, Mm Mm-hmm. I think that's just a image of the world that these characters live in. Your death can happen at any moment. Joel had to know it was coming because of what he did in the last game. Mm-hmm. And you hear him say that. He says, uh, why don't you just say whatever speech you've got rehearsed and get this over with? Yeah, it was very hard to watch, but I don't think it was poorly done at all. Yeah, I think that's the thing with a lot a lot of these negative reviews is that they're angry they're angry, not, I think so, it's kind of misdirected anger. They're mad because their own feelings got hurt, and they're kind of projecting that by saying it's bad writing. Um, but bad writing is not, you know, good writing doesn't make you feel good. Good writing just tells a compelling story, whatever direction it compels you. Um, I, I like, yeah, I like Peter. It was it was hard to watch. It was really, not, this is a gnarly game. Um but it it was hard to watch for me for sure. I I can understand the frustration that he didn't go out heroically, um, or or I just maybe feel like we didn't get a it, maybe enough time with him at the very beginning of the game. But I I don't you know, that's all kind of personal preference. I would have liked to see a little more Joel Ellie content just to make his death that much like punchier at the beginning of the game. Mm-hmm. But I I mean as a plot catalyst, I don't think there's a a better choice they could have gone with. It's it's kind of almost the formulaic thing you do in the sequel is you kill off a beloved character to inspire the other one. You know, it's it's Uncle Ben. It's it's all that stuff. So For sure, yeah. No no complaints. Yeah, I think I'm I think I'm with you guys. I think it was really bold storytelling because although James, you're right. You know, there's always like, oh, you know, we'll kill off a character in the second one to raise the stakes. It is almost never the main character. Yeah, yeah. And I think if it were not for the story leaks uh, that came out about this game and people saw that for the first time, like completely blind, it would have been a much different reaction than if they got that beforehand, sort of allowed that anger to brew, and then were disappointed when they saw that Joel didn't die in a very ceremonious way. I think Peter also touched on a really good point in saying that his death is sort of reflecting the world that they're in. Last of Us 2 is not a, a fun world. It is not a happy world. It is a world where there is not really justice and there's not really mercy. And everything that happens to you will always come back to bite you. And and Joel's, the, the crux of his decision in the first game, I think is a very interesting one because a, a good thing to recognize about Joel is he's not a good man in the traditional sense. He's trying to atone for the massive mistakes that he made. And one might even say that allowing Ellie to live instead of creating a cure that could save this broken world was a huge mistake and but that's not a clear black or white answer it's not clear cut it's not supposed to be it's meant to be this weird awkward shade of gray so when you sort of take that writing and you see this awkward shade of gray as either black or white and then you make a decision 
on whether he's a good or uh, a good or bad character and then bring that into the game where he's he's taken out uh, unceremoniously you're sort of projecting a man that didn't exist there so yeah so i feel like the way they took him out definitely vibed with how he's been portrayed in the past and it hurt a whole lot more when he was obviously in a broken relationship with Ellie, he was trying to repair it. And you see that cutscene at the very end of the game where you can really understand why Ellie is so mad because he was just starting to realize his mistakes and look and, and, and reach out and try and be a nicer person. So it hurt like hell. And I think that uh, I'm going to keep saying that phrase. We're going to get a counter up on mm-hmm. the screen. How many times I say that, but I, I think it served as an amazing inciting incident. For the entire game and throughout the entire game on Ellie's side, I was left uh, super convinced that Abby needed to to pay for what she did. Oh, absolutely. I, sure. I feel like you're onto that thing about kind of the person who doesn't exist. Joel is very like idolized by by the gaming community. He, he's because he's kind of like everyone's dad. You know, he's mm-hmm. like the father figure we all want. Uh, um, nothing against nothing against you, dad. But um, <laughs> <laughs> hey, what can I say? Um, but yeah, I, I think people kind of put him up on this pedestal that maybe he doesn't really deserve. Um, and I also liked what you said about how it's not a, a fun world. I would take that argument even further and say that Last of Us 2 is not a fun game. Like, fun is not a word I would use to describe uh, mm-hmm. either of the Last of Us games. And, and games usually are like supposed to be a source of relaxation and stuff. I would not, like, if you're getting off of work and you want something to unwind with, The Last of Us 2 is, is not the game for that at all. You you got to be knowing that you're going to leave the game probably feeling more tense than you were when you started. For sure, for sure. And and, and yeah, I think you make a a fair point that it's not a fun game. I think you and I have have different general uses of the word fun in games. I, I think of it more in, in a design sense, while yours is more general. But I agree with your usage of the word. In that these worlds are are not meant to elicit any sort of like entertainment in the in the traditional like oh yes I'm being entertained right now sense they're meant to make you feel bad and confused and yeah. Joel's death is a very good example of them using that confusion to to drive the plot forward although an actual complaint that I can see that people have and should be addressed is that the game doesn't do the greatest job of setting up. His death, uh, I, I think they did it yeah. right by making it happen quickly and, and without a little bit of warning. But I've heard the complaint that, you know, maybe Abby should have been introduced more. I don't think that's uh, unfounded. I don't think it, it, it it's uh, wrong to think that Abby should be a more established character, at least with a little bit more backstory before she ends up killing one of the most important characters in the entire series. Yeah, yeah. And also, the game really lags in the beginning, like, just gameplay-wise. It's, it's like, two or three hours of just slow-paced, trudging around. Oh, you shot a zombie, that's cool. But it, it's not a lot of things happening. So it gets yeah. off on the wrong foot, and the game definitely puts itself into a ditch that it needs to dig its, or, I don't know, build itself out of, I suppose. I think it's a pretty. I think it's safe to say, at least for me, that the 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 Jackson kind of opening scene is the worst part of the game. It, sure. It's super slow. There, the the gameplay to story ratio is like way too high. I think um, most of the times, I think AAA games have way too many cutscenes at the beginning. I feel like this one could have used a little more and and trimmed some of the walking off. Yeah. Um, but that's just me. I, I, then again, though, I wasn't the one playing it, so. I will agree to an extent. I can see how definitely from the perspective of 
watching the game rather than playing, it could get quite boring. But that being said, while actually playing, all of the environments in this game are very immersive. You feel like you're actually there. The level design and the amount of detail that goes into everything around you is incredible. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But yeah, for sure, just watching, it could be kind of boring to just walk, uh, watch someone walk around for an hour. I yeah. I completely agree with you. I think that the environments in this game, when people say this is like the game of our generation, I think that's what they mean. I, I think it's an ushering call into like anyone who's going to start using Unreal Engine to make their games in the future with like the trillion pixel counts that you can get or polygon mm -hmm. counts. Like this game is beyond beautiful. It's insane yeah. how vibrant and lush the environments are. You really do, as Peter said, you feel like you're there. And there is an element to controlling... Uh, the character that that immerses you a little bit and uh weirdly enough I, this is also the part of the game that i watched because my dad is the one that started it off and he was learning all the tutorials and things like that so maybe that's why it felt a little slow to me but yeah i i do have some problems with the environment later on and i'm a little curious if you guys agree with this or not and I, th I i think the fact that they set almost the entire game in seattle is a really bad move really i don't think it's smart my, my, my problem with it is that Naughty Dog, and, and if you've ever played a Naughty Dog game, they do this every single game. Th their style of, of environmental storytelling or level design is they say, hey, look at that thing in the distance. And then you go, yeah. And then the game goes, let's go to it. And you go, okay, sure. And for the first couple of times, it's fun. But then when they do it 10 times in the same game, it's like, oh, do I need to really trudge through Seattle again? It's all the same broken building. Yeah, I, I, I think at least in El like Ellie's half, and I, we're probably getting pretty close to moving into the next big kind of controversy. Sure. Um, but I think in Ellie's half of the game, Ellie's half of Seattle, I was kind of bored watching at least. Um, I think it had some really cool high energy parts, like the chase scene with Nora in uh, in day one or day two. But like Seattle day one and a lot of just the kind of walking around scavenging parts was very kind of slow to me. It all felt mm -hmm. a bit like the same thing. Abby's half, uh, I was very happy with the, the level design there. I think her half was way more engaging than, than Ellie's, uh, surprisingly. But yeah, I see what you're saying. A lot of it kind of just looks the same. There is some variety with like the boating sections and, and things like that. So I, I, I do appreciate that, but... I, I think I can see what you're saying. I don't know if I 100% agree or not. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Peter, what do you what do you think about that? Um, I think I, I agree to an extent as well. There's only three main sections to this game. You have Jackson, Seattle, and Santa Barbara. And mm -hmm. Seattle is by far, it, it's 10 times longer than the other two sections. Uh, I think if it was split up a little more evenly, they could have kept it more interesting. Uh, because, like, in the first game, there's, you know, five or six different parts of the United States you're in. And they're all pretty evenly portioned. That's true, yeah. So I, I'd say I agree. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. But let's talk about the um, the perspective switch, if you guys are, are willing. I, sure. I think that's a, sure. a huge part of the game. Uh, honestly, part of me was relieved when we got out of Ellie's half. But also, I really hated Abby at the time. But, yeah, I don't Did this apply to you guys? Ellie's half, she kind of... Ellie got on my nerves. Really? I was, I was really angry at her character a lot of the time. I don't know. Whoa. Just, okay, that's 
super interesting. Why do you, or, or why were you angry? Like, what was she doing that was making she you? She was just so, I mean, I, it makes sense thematically. Like, she's so blinded by revenge that, it, you know, she loses everything else. Um, mm. But I didn't, it just, it hurt me to, like, because we have these two cinnamon roll characters, Dina and Jesse, who are just, like, kind of the best. i love jesse and dina i thought they were excellent and then you have ellie who's just kind of like since jackson she's just a huge jerk like to everybody i mean you have pregnant dina and ellie's like all right yeah you sit here in this rotten abandoned museum or theater i'm gonna go hunt around and and, i don't know she she just felt very like inconsiderate sure I mean, I get that. I think Ellie's whole thing is that she's brash, right? Yeah, I I am kind of holding her to the standard of, like, a decent person in not-apocalyptic world. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm sure everyone's much more hardened, but I don't know. I just feel like she—it just got on my nerves, like, how much she was hurting uh, Dina and Jesse, and she didn't really care, like, that she was hurting them. I mean, I think that Dina is an idiot forever going on Seattle with a baby— uh, true she didn't know she was pregnant right like i'm pretty sure she did i i think she knew like a week before there's no way she found out that day right <laughs> no yeah this is only three days it feels like months oh for sure but like she she knew and i think dina although i i really like dina and she is perhaps the most seductive video game character to ever exist Whoa. with that uh, dancing well i wasn't seduced i'm saying that in the game like that dancing scene at the end of the game with uh ellie she's insane she's like seducing the entire room everyone in jackson wants a piece of her it's crazy is is there ranch in jackson i think it's outside is it it's like yeah it's like sort of outside in like a safish zone uh otherwise it'd be pretty dumb to just have two people defending a small baby out of the middle of nowhere yeah yeah um yeah but but i don't know i was mad at ellie yeah i I don't know. I think Dina deserves some blame, and I and I understand Ellie's brashness. Like I get why she's so angry all the time, and I yeah. think the the relationship between her and Dina when it was just them was it, it made sense to me how Ellie would always be the one to go out and do all these things because Ellie at the end of the day is a by far a better fighter and in better yeah. shape than than Dina is considering that you know she is pregnant. Uh, yeah, I do agree that that Jesse pulled at my heartstrings when. Uh, whenever he would come out because he's just sort of a decent guy yeah he's just like he's just nice right yeah Yeah. there's no problem with him so when ellie was like no i I have to take the boat or whatever when he comes back and is like let's go find uh tommy i was like i i don't know i think you should go with uh with jesse ellie i don't think that's a smart yeah moments like that you know that's a perfect uh perfect example so did you like ellie uh i will say she was not exactly likable but she was definitely understandable. Yeah. Uh, it kind of, it, it was very interesting to see Ellie from the first game, you know, this innocent young 14 year old girl uh, turn into this, I don't want to say monster, but turn into this hardened. I'd say monster, dude. I'd say monster by the you're, end of the game. Crazy. But when you think about it, Joel kind of created that monster. I mean, think about Joel in the first game. He's not particularly nice to ellie in the first half of the game uh fair and i guess ellie kind of treats dina that same way that's true that's true i yeah i i it definitely feels like last of us one ellie and last of us two ellie are like kind of different people almost um oh, completely yeah there's not much like even at the very start of the game she's pretty unrecognizable there's not much left of of 
the Ellie that we kind of know and love. But I guess from like a meta game design perspective, you kind of want your main, you don't want your main character to be a blank slate, but you need them to be like, you need to be able to project yourself on. So I guess it kind of makes sense that they'd sort of set a new foundation for Ellie in the second one. Uh, I would say in terms of, of player projection on, on the main character, I think Ellie's got a strong personality. I think that's actually one of the best parts about this game is it's sort of hard to project all of yourself onto a single person because sure. at, the, at, at the core of it, at the, at the psychology of a player, you're thinking I am morally the best person here, most likely. And I am also going to be the one that makes all the good decisions because that's how players think is, is, you know, you're in control. You think you would always do better than these people in these like super harsh circumstances. Right. Yeah. And they make it to where there's no character that is like just pure out good. Every single person has some sort of dark side or takeaway that is just. I don't like, know, man. Some of the Abbey folks were, were were pretty chill. Well, okay. Manny was racist against himself. No, 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 uh, not them. I'm talking about Yara and Lev, the two. Yara and Lev are cool, sure. Blameless, perfect baby boys. I love them. It, it is hard to 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 project all of yourself onto those characters if you haven't gone through everything they've gone through though like yeah it, no one in this game's like relatable and and i would like to say that uh because this is another controversy that is important to touch on is the lgbt plus controversy that's going on with like how naughty dog quote-unquote inserted their own political agenda into this game i think that's stupid i think yeah, it's, it's ridiculous it, i think i think the idea that getting angry over these kind of characters it, it, it's completely stupid to, to get angry over representation and stuff like that but what it's kind of confusing me is i feel like i hear what i hear is everybody saying oh my gosh i can't believe these people are mad that there's representation but i haven't seen anyone actually mad at the representation yet i've seen uh, a, haven't, yeah I've, I've seen a couple I mean, reviews. <laughs> maybe i haven't been far enough but i have not like yeah maybe i choose to occupy the more tolerant side of the internet but i i haven't seen anyone like outwardly actually being upset yeah. over that yeah um, no good point because it is important to note and i think game journalists have done a really crappy job at this is when they write about that sort of controversy they pretend like everyone that doesn't like last of us 2 hates it because there's gay people yeah that's something i've noticed it, it's, it's not it's, true people can have bad opinions about or, or not bad sorry negative opinions about this game and, it, and them being completely founded like trying to conflate the the bigotry that some people do legitimately hold with like problems with the story or the gameplay or things like that is it's ridiculous so it's, it's a important, low blow yeah it, it's important to understand that you should definitely for each individual person figure out what their beliefs are about this game and you know if there are like well i think it's dumb that you know abby's arms were so big or that <laughs> that, that lev was transgender and they shouldn't have that in a game it's an agenda like that's stupid but if someone's like Oh well, I thought the the story was bad and it betrayed some of the the characters' intentions from the first game. Yeah, sure, perfect. Yeah, I mean that's your opinion. Like you're allowed to legitimate. So yeah. some some of the hate against this game is is founded. Some of it is also not. Uh, be For careful sure. when, when you're deciding that. And I I think that's a a good time to sort of transition into another absolutely daring story choice that they made, and that is and this is one that I think is absolutely genius is switching over to uh, Abby halfway through the game to replay the first three days from her perspective. Uh, what do you guys think about that? Do you think that uh, it was a smart move or was it repetitive in a way? Boring, maybe? I don't know. 
uh, your thoughts? Uh, I thought it was very bold and I think it did pay off pretty well. Uh, so I think with most people will agree with me on this, but when we first see that we have to play as Abby, uh, most people are angry. They're like, oh man, this person killed Joel. I don't want anything to do with her. But uh, that first flashback scene with Abby when she's young and she's uh, with her dad in Salt Lake City, when you see her turn the corner and you see that big St. Mary's Hospital sign and you realize where you are, at least for me personally, my heart sunk. And then Owen calls Abby's dad doctor. You realize who he is and you realize the pain that Abby must have gone through seeing her dad be killed by who in her eyes is some, you know, lunatic that doesn't care about saving the world. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And later on, I think Abby's gameplay was a lot more fun than Ellie's mm -hmm. and a lot more interesting. Abby definitely grows on you for sure. You yeah. start out hating her and you slowly, as you go through day one, day two, day three, you start, empathizing with her at least i did and, yeah uh, i think that's a problem a lot of people are having is they're just not able to turn that part of their brain on to put themselves in abby's shoes and think about what she's gone through and uh see her in a different light for sure i i, I feel the same way when, when it first started I, I like had to take a break um because i i wanted nothing to do with abby i was still kind of in my this game is bad mode but if I'm going to be real, by the end of a Abby's three days, I am firmly on Team Abby in the Ally Abby versus Ellie thing. I, I think Ally Abby was way more likable. Her whole cast of characters, I think, was just had better chemistry. And actually, they kind of seemed like they actually cared about each other and things like that. Um, the gameplay, like Peter said, the gameplay and the scenery in Abby's half, I think, was so cool. She has Her half has my favorite part of the entire game in it. Um, which is like the the wolf raid of of the Scars Island. I think that is the coolest part of the game, and I want to talk about that a little bit when we kind of move our way into her day three. Because I have a, I don't know if it's a hot take or not about that part, but just something I think they should have done. Um, but yeah, Abby's half, honestly, I liked way, 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 way better than Ellie's half. The only the only complaint, honestly, about about a lot of this stuff is that I feel like the flashbacks were just kind of long i don't know if oh, that's yeah. just me. they were just so because that's the walking around parts of the game and they're so long man yeah i don't know they've bothered me a little bit no I, i'm with you this game does a i would i'm gonna say it poor job at putting in flashbacks yeah they should have just made them cutscenes. like that's i don't right. i don't need to walk through the the museum I yeah mean, and well that's the problem it's hard because it, it's it, that's the only like heartwarming content in the whole game is the flashbacks but they're just so long and it kind of interrupts the flow of the rest of the game this game even in, in the negative parts makes everything an awkward shade of gray with whether i like it or not or whether i think it's a good inclusion uh because i think that the flashbacks add a whole lot of depth and story and without them i wouldn't have felt the the deep emotional things i, I would have yada 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 but they're so some of them are slow and boring and there's just nothing to really do in them and yeah it's a pacing thing you know you can't have a big giant gunfight and then another big giant gunfight and then another big giant gunfight but i feel like they solved this pacing problem very well in uncharted where like you would have you know large gunfights and then you would go into the african sahara and drive around in a jeep solving puzzles like there naughty dog knows how to put in good interesting breaks in pace and I just don't understand why they had to slow everything down so much 
stopped for, you know, me walking around a museum or something like that. You're right. They could have expedited the process, make it a little cutscene. But I, I don't know. It's tough. I think definitely a part of the game though, that I felt was sorely lacking. And I hear that this is a, a typical complaint with the series. Although again, I've never played the first game are the zombies, uh, the infected, whatever they're called again, the, Oh, I, yeah, the I, infected. I, I usually just call them all clickers because I hate the clicker, the goddamn bastard. I hate him. But yeah. <laughs> he's so annoying. M- my problem with the zombies, uh, and, and this is a, a, a game design principle, is that you want your challenges in a game, and specifically your enemies, if you have them, to each ask interesting questions to the player. And the problem, it, specifically interesting and unique, uh, and the problem with Last of Us 2 is that each zombie pretty much asks the same question and necessitates the same answer. So for instance, if you're fighting a regular infected versus a clicker, the only real consideration that you have is whether or not you're going to stab them. Like clickers, you'll shoot. Regular zombies, you'll stab. At the end, it's still killing. Those big, giant, hulking behemoth guys, you know, that shoot out. Yeah, the bloaters. Fundamentally, with them and clickers, it's the same exact question, how do you kill them? And the same exact answer, shoot the hell out of them until they die. Like, there's... Not a real difference. I would say the approach with clickers is more similar to the approach with normal zombies. I feel like clickers, because nine times out of ten, at least in our playthrough, you're just going to sneak up and shiv them both anyways. Um, I feel like the bloaters were a little bit different and more kind of boss-like, but to at, after a certain point in the gameplay, clickers just kind of feel almost the same as normal zombies. Yeah. So I see what you're saying. They could have used a little bit more like... I don't know if creative usage would have solved it. I think in the first one, it's a lot more clear because there's only like two bloater encounters in the entire game, and mm-hmm. um, clickers are, feel like a much bigger deal. It's there are a lot more like stealth sections with clickers, whereas just hordes of regular ones come at you. Maybe uh, that's the problem. Is that throughout most of the game, my strategy, and and it's very clear that the game sets this up. It's like, do you want to go in loud or do you want to go in quiet? where it's, it's let's stealth around and shiv everyone. I never used a single ship. Or let's shoot everything. That's the strategy I always used. I was like, well, I have You just shot them all? I shot everything. You kidding we were, me? We never had ammo. I never did no. a single stealth segment. I shot literally everything. I was playing on the on the normal mode, by the way. I didn't well, know what I, was... We were uneasy. Yeah. <laughs> I, I did a lot of missing, so I, I did have <laughs> to uh, stab and use stealth a lot, so... Yeah. yeah, that was a problem. I, but at least for me, when I would go in loud with a lot of the ammo I had, and I had the advantage of being able to play third-person shooters before, uh, and I had good aim uh, just due to that experience, really every single encounter, bar a couple, uh, which I want to get into, and I'll, I'll talk to you guys after we finish up this topic very briefly, bar a couple, they were all very samey. It was just like, oh, if there's a zombie, get the shotgun out. Oh, shoot it. Oh, like, always yeah. aim for the head it never felt like the enemies were specialized enough for me to really like, do something else handle it yeah i think that's the 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 enemy encounters with the exception of some really really cool ones most of them were kind of just like oh you sneak out of this doorway and you find yourself fighting some wolf soldiers or scars or whatever yeah. and then the fight gets interrupted by zombies and you have to fight and run to a different place with the exception of like really cool fight scenes like the uh the truck one or the one where there's like mines all over the ground stuff like those were really cool but a lot of them are I feel kind of like the same thing yeah i will say um in the first game there was only really one encounter where stalkers were present and in this game 
there were a lot more stalkers. Yeah, and I, like I, I say that they're very interesting to fight. And, you know, because of the fact they don't show up on listen mode, uh, they're very quiet. Uh, they even pop out of the walls in some points. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I think that was a good change of pace that the first game kind of lacked because those complaints you were talking about, Charlie, with, you know, uh, all the zombie fights kind of felt the same. They were even more samey in the, the first Last of Us. Interesting. Interesting. Really? I don't know. I feel I feel like it's the other way. I don't know. But the, then there was a new zombie type in the second one, too, that wasn't there before. The, the Shambler. Oh, right. The Shambler. Yeah. Are they like the super big ones? They are the smaller big ones. That oh, like okay. run up to you and explode. They felt kind yeah. of samey, too, to shoot them. before. Like they hardly ever actually exploded on us. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think that's that's kind of an interesting thing is is like with these zombies where the whole risk is getting infected, the ones like bloaters and shamblers who just kind of shoot spores, they're kind of a non-issue for Elliot. You're like, well, I, I for, I, for Elliot, doesn't matter because she can't get infected. But for Abby, right. like when she just gets sprayed with spores and nothing happens, it's like, oh, oh. yeah. I feel like the <laughs> the bloater shots and stuff should actually be a little more volatile than they are. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there should at least be like some sort of area uh of effect thing that's not just take damage but i want to talk about the super interesting encounters in this game because the game designers i and my dad managed to pick up on a couple super interesting things that they did and one of the best things this game does that i don't think people give it credit for is the behind the the hood storytelling that they do that you don't Mm. even notice it's like editing in a good film I, i i forgot if it was like scorsese or who said it where the best editing you don't notice Right. The best game design is what you don't notice in this game. Let's take the uh, the Tommy sniper encounter uh, in Abby's Oh, Africa that was so, I loved that. That's such a great scene. An amazing encounter, I think, for a lot of reasons. It changes up the place, the, the pace of the gameplay in a way that you hadn't seen in that entire game. It asks a unique question on how you're going to sort of run and cover, because that's not really done a whole lot in this game. Cover is not the most important thing, but here it is. But the most mm-hmm. interesting part of it is when the zombies show up. Because the only reason the zombies show up is to get you to run out of ammo uh, before you fight Tommy. Because they don't want you shooting him, right? Right. So what they do behind the the hood, and I would bet my life on this, is they will keep spawning zombies until most, if not all, of your ammo is taken away. And I think that Ah. at certain points, if you have more ammo, they'll, they'll spawn tougher enemies. So for instance, if you have like 12 shotgun shots, I, I don't know the max number, so don't quote me on that, and and you're at this encounter, it will either keep spawning grunts or maybe it will spawn like a, a shambler or a bloat or whatever the, the small guys are called. So you have to pour ammo into it. And specifically right. with some of the bigger shambler bosses, I'm also fairly confident that they wait until your final shot is expended on your bigger guns for it to die. Yeah, uh, I, I, I'm pretty sure that's how the fights, like the first bloater fight as yes, Ellie or in the, the, rat, Ellie the, flashback. Rat, the yeah. rat King fight too. I'm pretty sure those just go until things get desperate and then it ends. I don't think there's yeah. an actual HP value or anything on those. Which is that, I mean, interesting. Game, games do that a lot though. I mean, that's uh, that's kind of a, a, a good storytelling thing because sometimes it's better to pace a fight based on how the players are doing than it is just by how fast they can deal damage. Mm-hmm. Um because it, it, it makes for better storytelling that way. Which is different. Well, I, I actually don't see a lot of uh, games without health bars if it's based around uh, like fighting enemies. At least I don't play a lot of them. So this is specifically a story game thing that I find, you know, the sort of natural combat where you don't see their health in. But it it was really, really cool to see this sort of proactive storytelling in games. 
because I'm yeah. a big fan of working within your medium and taking the best parts of whatever you're working in and showing them off to people. And one of the great things about games is that the story is reactive, right? So in a movie, you can totally script a fight scene. In fact, that's the only way to do it, really, to, you know, have there be, you know, ups and downs and desperate pleas. And then, oh, he beats him at the very end. In games, that's hard to do because you could just sit back with a sniper rifle and, you know, take out a boss. But yeah, in something yeah. like Last of Us 2, it would probably force you to get up close because it, it would recognize that you're camping and staying back, force you to get up close, expend some of your shotgun sh shots, and at the very end, right before you die, you manage to to kill it with the final blow. So just, just one last thing about that sniper scene. Um, Charlie, you probably, I guess, don't know, cause, uh, but Peter and I know that scene is kind of a, a parallel to something in the first game as well. There's really there's a very similar sequence in the first. There's not a cool reveal like the sniper was Tommy the whole time or anything, but but if you liked that um uh, sniper segment, there's more of that in the first one. Um, very mm -hmm. similar. It it feels kind of like an homage almost in how in how close it was. There, man, the first one has so many cool like gameplay ways they twist up the gameplay that um i think the second one lacks a little bit like there's one part where you're strung upside down and you have to like it, it's just really cool man i don't know the first one i feel like had some really creative gameplay moments um, for sure maybe more so than the second one well so so with that uh let's go into the to the final bit of the uh the controversy here with the yeah. game yeah and then we'll hop into some some funny reviews that uh, we've been searching through while we've been recording. Uh, what do you guys think of the fact that Ellie and, and actually we'll go to, to, to Peter for this one because I'm interested from a, a player's perspective because I have a unique opinion on this too. How did you feel beating up Abby and then the decision on on whether or not to kill her? Do you think that you should have had the decision to kill her? Or do you feel like the way they did it was the best way to tell the story? I think the way they did it was the best way they probably could have done it. I'm just going to go out and say it. I think the take that Ellie should have killed Abby is an objectively bad take. It's like the, the people that think that, I don't know if they just, you know, didn't pay attention at all during Abby's half or what it is, but I, I just think that's incorrect. Yeah. Not, not that there's necessarily a correct or incorrect, but you know what I mean. Yeah. It's like the message was lost. Yeah. Uh, so if you think that if you if you make it all the way to the end of the game and you still think Ellie should have killed Abby, I believe this is what Girlfriend Review said in her uh, video. You may have beat the game, but you didn't win. Smart. Girlfriend Review's best reviewer of our She is based. Way. I love yes. Girlfriend Reviews. <laughs> um, yeah, I agree, man. Uh, it's like it's like people who say that To Kill a Mockingbird is like a racist book and shouldn't be read. It's like, dude, did you did you read the book? I think you. <laughs> like kind of missed the that's the whole point i think you yeah. kind of missed it yeah I, I i think it's the best thing they could have done is is not have ellie kill abby apparently originally the plan was to have ellie kill abby um but neil Druckmann she wanted that changed just it didn't he said it didn't feel right yeah i think that was a really cool last fight very thematic blah 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 we're like we're finally ending the cycle of revenge and i i do have though a complaint with the last chapter of the game. Not so much the whole, I think the way the ending itself went down was good, and it kind of leaves a little bit of room for Last of Us 3 if they really want to, but I, I, I don't know. That They might have jumped the shark already. Um, mm -hmm. But I, I think, now hear me out, 
I, 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 as much as I enjoyed this like last little Santa Barbara chapter, it felt a little disconnected from the rest of the game. Like we have this whole build up and build up and build up in, in Seattle. And then there's this climax in Seattle and it feels like that should maybe be the end. And then you have this weird kind of stapled on epilogue in Santa Barbara. Right, because the people you're fighting, the Rattlers, they're kind of just unrelated. We've never really... There's no tension building with these new... They're just kind of random new enemies. Yeah. Now, I, I feel like the way to resolve this... And hear me out, because this combines what I think was the coolest, most climactic setting in the game. I think they should have had, somehow, some way, in Abbey Day 3, when she goes to the Scar Island and the wolves raid it and everything's burning and it's it, that's just so cool. That's such a cool setting, perfect climax setting, and it's at the very end of Abby's half. So we've already been playing for a long time. I think what they should have done is somehow have the final Abby Ellie fight take place on the island while the raid is happening. Just because it's such a cool, it, mm. it's the natural climax of the plot so far with the whole tension between the wolves and the scars. Like, we've been building that up for a while in the background, and now we bring it to the forefront, and I think that would have been a nice climax for the game, the whole game. I mean, and it wouldn't be that much of a stretch to pull off either. Just have Ellie somehow catch wind, you know. She can still kill Mel and Owen at the aquarium, and maybe she finds out from them that Abby's on the island, and so she follows her to the island, and, and you get a cool fight with, like, the burning island in the background, and it can end the same way. I just feel like it would be more cohesive that way than than the weird Santa Barbara epilogue. I don't know. That's that's just that's just my rant. I, mm. I I feel very strongly about having a good climax, and I feel like they would have kept kind of the synergy they've been building if they had done it in Abbey Seattle Day Three. I rest my case. That's I th that is interesting because I'm not sure if I actually entirely agree with that. I don't ah. think I do either. Uh, really? Here, you go ahead, Peter. You say why uh, you think your brother's dumb and stupid. Uh, oh okay. Well, there's a lot of reasons for that, but um, <laughs> okay. Uh, so I, I I am a little biased because you know all three of us are SoCal natives, and it was very cool to see Santa Barbara in the yeah. world of The Last yeah. of Us. Which I will say, I actually just got back from Santa Barbara, and a lot of the detail they put in to the Santa Barbara scene was spot on. It, it also helped to be later from the Seattle section of the game because you see that Abby is now weak and she's lost all her muscle. She her looks like gains. a completely different person. Uh, mm. And it makes it a bit harder because in a one-to-one -one fight, as we saw in Seattle, Ellie would not be able to beat Abby. Right. And I think that in Santa Barbara, they're kind of on an even playing field. And mm -hmm. Ellie's probably even stronger than Abby. And it shows how Ellie could have killed Abby and she chose not to. I feel like that would have been harder to do in Seattle. Here's my counterpoint to that, I guess. I, I see what you're saying, and, and that's, that's, a, that's a good point. And I, I agree. I agree with that. Um, here's, here's the thing, though. is I, I think the whole kind of imagery, how Abby was like strung up on the posts and stuff, that was kind of unique to the Rattlers. I think that was really cool, and it's like a good way to weaken Abby, and it was also just kind of really gross. You could totally put that in the scar thing, though. Like that's that sounds exactly like something the scars would do. I mean, we've seen that they break their captives' arms and hang them. I mean, it's not that much of a stretch to think that these weird religious cultish people would have a beach full of crosses that they crucify people on. Um, I feel like you could still do it. I feel like you could still pull it off and have a weaker Abby who's been captured by the scars during the raid, 
and and it's I, I don't know i feel like it's pull offable but I, I do see what you're saying about the time gap it does help um, mm-hmm. i okay so i agree that the time gap is actually fundamentally important to the central theme in this game and let me explain why although there's several big themes i think undeniably one of the biggest ones is revenge like that's yeah. what drives the whole plot on both ends whether it be abby or ellie and I mm-hmm. think that the interesting part about this revenge story within Ellie is that she never, she just can't let go. It, it's impossible for her to. And I think being able to sort of have that fake resolution when they end the fight in Seattle and, and Abby's like, oh, you know, I'll, I'll let you go, right? You know, just go away, you know, leave it behind. And Ellie is struggling with Dina to 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 go through this. She's having PTSD nightmares. She's thinking of Joel's beaten up, battered, broken face, bleeding on the floor. She can't get it out of her head. Mm-hmm. And it's it's that pain and sorrow that is seeping into her slowly but surely that is also killing you as the player. Because you thought when she was let go and you're in happy, you know, ha- happy country town, that everything is fine right? Like, oh, the game's done. Finally, there's a happy ending. And then the game says, no, there is no happy ending. There is still unresolved pain and sorrow that needs to be addressed. And Ellie going off to Santa Barbara is very in tune with her character, not being able to let go of that, still being hung up on a thing that happened in the past. She she never even forgave Joel for, for letting her live and have life. And she is still just confused and trying to seek revenge and help herself in a way that is ultimately going to destroy her. So going to Santa Barbara and seeing that this person that she hated so, so much is essentially a corpse, is a walking corpse, just trying to care for her friend that she uh, picked up uh, along the way in Seattle. It's very moving and powerful to see that amazing fall from grace over the over the period that it took place in and the final fight scene where it takes place in just a a a foggy shallow area after abby who's who's very it's very obvious that they tell stories with abby because in flashbacks she's not buff in present time she is buff and in santa barbara she is absolutely emaciated so to see her in this state is a huge shock Mm because her her appearance was made such a a big detail yeah, and her braid's gone too, and every like she's completely yeah violated. There's no way violated is a great word to, to to say there. There's no way for a player, if you're really thinking critically about the story, to feel like yeah, Abby deserves to die right here and now. The whole point is that there is that you're not supposed to agree with Ellie at this point. Is Ellie her her actions going to Santa Barbara is like way too out of line. She yeah. needs to to just let go, and she can't. So seeing Abby in the state that she's in, I think could have only happened with a time jump to, to Santa Barbara. I don't think how uh, I don't think it would have been possible to do it in like a day span to see her that broken with sure, a couple of days. Sure. So to see her there and and just like in the state that she's in, you can't feel angry for her. And seeing Ellie break town and realize that too, come to the same realization that you have, it's powerful. It's powerful, powerful stuff. So mm-hmm. I, I think what they did was one of the the best decisions as well although it is the pacing's a little weird and it's hard for games to follow a satisfying three-act structure which i know you love Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. i i think it fit what they're trying to do and it fit the bold choices that they were making already and i I think you're kind of you're you're bringing me around for sure i think thematically the way they the way they chose to go about the ending does make sense i just wish it could have somehow been a little more tied to the rest of the game like just at, at least like swap the rattlers for like 
the fireflies or something that we know, you know, uh, mm -hmm. just, just the, it felt a little bit too disconnected. Um, but I, 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 I think the, thematically, yeah, I, I can totally get behind. Another detail are... about the ending that I, I really liked and I wanted to talk about is when Ellie first cuts Abby down from the, the post and they're walking to the boats, Abby puts Lev in her boat. Uh, Ellie goes over to her boat. It looks like she's getting ready to leave and just let Abby live. But mm -hmm. then Ellie sees, you know, Joel's bloodied face laying on the ground. And she turns around and says to Abby, I can't let you leave. Yeah. And then they start fighting. And uh, just before Ellie's going to drown Abby and Abby's about to die, Ellie sees Joel sitting on his porch playing the guitar. Uh, right. She sees a Joel happy... That was their last conversation. She sees Joel as he was meant to be. Mm -hmm. That's when she decides that killing Abby is not going to bring Joel back. It's not going to solve any of her problems. It's not going to make her feel better in any way. Mm -hmm. And I really liked how they did that. That was yeah. Was nice. It's like Abby. It's like Ellie. It's a lot in how Ellie chooses to to remember Joel. Like she she kind of has the power to. To, to be at peace with that right if she chooses to hold on to the dead battered joel then she's obviously going to want to kill you know abby but but if she chooses to to kind of appreciate you know the better sides of joel and, and kind of forgive him then then she gets like peace on two fronts um yeah 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 absolutely that's that's really good uh i really hate to be this guy charlie yeah. but we are uh encroaching upon encroaching. our encroaching we are encroaching very very shortly here upon our, our time. It's been a very hefty conversation. Very hefty. I'm very impressed with what we managed to get in. Uh, it, I, I think we covered a lot, although we didn't go over the reviews uh, specifically. Sadly. I think we did go over a lot of the, the major complaints found within them. Uh, if any of you viewers have made it this far, first off, thank you so very much. Uh, we very much appreciate the support that you have already put into just watching through this uh, video on our new series. I love games. We all love games. And it, it, it's nice to see that you've made it this far and, and, and that you've been intrigued by this discussion. If you want to see another video of us perhaps talking specifically about some of these reviews, or maybe you can send in some that you thought were funny and want our take on, then please go ahead and comment that down below. Uh, but thank you so much for watching. We have been Socratic SideQuest, a part of, or Socratic SideQuests, pardon, a part of uh, Socratic Cinema. Go watch the other podcasts. Uh, please go uh, check out all of our other stuff, our video essays, our Instagram, uh, Socratic underscore cinema, our Twitter, Cinema Socratic, and our Twitch. Very fun. Our gaming Twitch. We want to do some more stuff on there. Maybe even play the first Last of Us live with cams. Tell us if you want that, too. So go follow us on Twitch, uh, Socratic Cinema, at Socratic Cinema on Twitch. Uh, very easy stuff there. But, uh, yeah, I think we have been Socratic SideQuests. Uh, wait a minute we got come on something new what? for the new show something all right fine fine fine. All right. okay peter uh, i don't know i'll be the same no no no, no <laughs> i'm not it just doesn't fit uh what's a way that ellie would send off the podcast if she was on it she would like drown it in a little shallow part of the ocean and then at the last second decide not to <laughs> she'd kill uh, <laughs> she'd bring us all to the brink of asphyxiation i don't know maybe we just say goodbye bye Adios. Thank you.